Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat. I'm excited to be here. Spencer's excited to be here. Uh, but Major League Baseball is not here. And it's sad. And I'm sad. And I stay up way too late every Monday and Tuesday night before these fucking fake deadlines uh, just to figure out that John Heyman was lying to me. Um, I feel like, Spencer, it's like that relationship that you know you should have gotten out of um, because, you know, that girl keeps doing you wrong. and But you just keep going back to her, Spencer. You just keep going back. And I just, you know, Bob Nightingale was a hero for a minute. And I just... I've been hurt too many times, but I'm still I'm still holding on hope for a baseball season. I mean, that's that's kind of your fault for trusting Bob Nightingale after all the times that he's been proven to be an absolute moron. I just I just wanted it. I wanted it so bad. John Heyman and Bob Nightingale really deserve each other, um, and yeah, they've been just really spewing all the owners' bullshit at this point, um, but. I mean, we can throw in John Morosi too now. He was on oh, it today. Was he today? No, we networked out. So, uh, you know, league network. I've been watching today because I don't believe. I don't believe that we're going to have a deal anytime soon. <laughs> I, I've been, like you said, I've been hurt too many times over the last few weeks to, to believe at this point to care. And so basically let me know when there's a season and I'll be there. Um, also... Probably a good time uh, for our announcement. Um, we are officially taking over for the Section 10 podcast. RIP Section 10, Jared Carabas is, uh, we heard he's dead. That's what I heard. And um, so Section 10 is is done, uh, not coming back. They they gave us their blessing and uh, yeah, win pod repeat, taking their place. So Yeah, so like all those followers, subscribers, just come over, come fucking yeah. hang out. Uh, we got we got beer, we got jokes, uh, we got a YouTube got channel, um, we got takes. Oh, lots of takes, and not just on baseball. Uh, you know, you want to hear about the latest Batman movie? Yeah. We got you. We, We're done. We, can talk we about got Fresh it. Island, All you know? the debate. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what whatever you want, we'll yeah, talk but about. We won't it. have really um, but, stupid uh, lists from Pat Light. That's what we won't have. So I don't know if you've been um, listening to those, but we uh, also- they, it's pretty awful content. Can we also promise, by the way, uh, Pat Light, shortest Section 10 stint in the history of Section 10. <laughs> uh, will forever go down in history. What, what a run. Yep, that's it. That's uh, Yep, hashtag Pat Light killed Section 10. That's it. That's not, you know, it's not Jared Carabas leaving or anything about him dying. Though, you know, if he's dead, I heard he got fucking paid. Stint, like, good for that. Stint on Section 10, even shorter than his MLB career. Oh shit! Oh no! Uh, you know, I don't know what it says about Pat Light overall uh, in terms of longevity, but uh, <laughs> that's things. all I'll say on it's that topic. Things. Yeah. things. Oh boy. Well, listen. Uh, you know, it makes me feel better about my own career. True. And when we take over for the Section Ted podcast, um, the bar's low. So yeah, recently, I believe yeah, us. it is. So we can definitely carry that mantle. So do you want? Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna let you open up with a with a take then. So, uh, obviously, games are now mm-hmm. postponed until April 14th at the least. Though apparently, uh, they're working to just work out this international free agency draft stuff. They want to work it out tonight. Um, we'll get into that. But what I want to know from you, Spencer, give me your give me your your hot take on the state of Major League Baseball. Bad. <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's it. it. It's bad. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, we talked about it this last week, how, you know, the negotiations were were depressing and, and bad for baseball, still are. And I guess there's like less active coverage of it this week. There's not reporters sitting outside in chairs uh, taking pictures of people walking back and forth. So uh, I get. Oh, no, there were really? today. There were okay. today. Like I Don't said, worry. I haven't yes. been paying attention oh. today because they lost me last week. But. Um, it's the same. You haven't missed anything. It's it's literally exactly. just the same. And we're like a little <laughs> bit closer on the numbers, so just like get the damn thing done and let us watch baseball. Otherwise, you know, you and I can create a, an online league and MLB the show on April fifth, and that'll be our baseball. Listen, we're we're in. We're gonna have that. We're gonna have an out of the park league. We're gonna yeah. sim. 
uh, and to the outside world, there is there is a baseball season. I'll be talking about the Red there's Sox. Also, I'll be like, yeah. There's also the um, the K Town Crew. Um, three weeks from tonight, the uh, reigning Summer League 2021 DC Fray softball champs uh, get back in action. So uh, I hear MLB <laughs> Network needs something to televise uh, three weeks from tonight. So Listen, they might be coming into town and and uh, pull on a show. Listen, Spencer, uh, I need you to just rattle me off real quick. I know there's not stack yeah. keeping, but your softball numbers, okay? Yeah. Give me the scouting report. Um, big on base guy. Uh, there we zero go. Zero power. More like a, 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 a <laughs> Nick Madrigal type, if you will. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's we like Maybe Nick Madrigal. A, a David Fletcher. Better than last year's David Fletcher. Like a 2020 David Fletcher. Um Okay. Yeah, Nikki Lopez, maybe a Whit Merrifield, you know, multi-positional t- uh, talent, you know. There we yeah. go. Okay. Like a Brock Holt, yeah, yeah, love yeah, that. Holt. Are you are you big clubhouse what? guy? Yeah. Are you said are you big clubhouse yeah, yeah, guy? Yeah. Good for morale. Leader type, yeah, yeah. Everybody likes Absolutely. to have around. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah, you're putting it back with the boys yeah, after 100%. the game, boys and game. girls. Is it, is it co-ed? Oh yeah, it's co-ed. Yeah, yeah. big time. That's, there we go. See, yeah, putting them back. All right. Crushing some. That's why we do it. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If you're not drinking while you're playing softball, then you're exactly. doing it wrong. Like, go join go join like a 30, 30 and over men's league and be way too serious about it and talk about how like you would have gone pro if like your ACL hadn't torn. That sounds terrible. Besides that, like catch me. Yeah, absolutely. I thought about joining like a men's baseball league at one point, And then I was like, wait a minute. I was like, one, I'm horribly out of shape. So I'm going to go. And, and like, you're talking about like, no power. I feel like they'd like rate me as like a ten power tool. They'd just be like, and they give me the ten because they couldn't give yeah. me a zero. Like that was like the bottom. They, like, I know it's a twenty, but we have to give you a yeah. little below just to mark how little power you have. Like it would be one of those where like it'd be big if I made it out of the uh, yeah. infield. So but like, hey, that's like that's all you playing. really need to be successful. It just like rip singles up the middle. That's all you need. Just keep keep yeah. getting on base. Listen, my thing's always been speed. Billy Bean loves me. Yeah. Get the so. ball. That's it. Yeah, he yeah. signed you. I mean, you got a bargain deal, but oh, listen, yeah. you'll, you'll like take anything 10, 000, just to be on yeah. the field. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, you're you. They're not even giving you the league yeah. minimum. No, nothing. So, but yeah, all right. I'm gonna go a little bit stronger than your take, okay. Spencer. Um, I saw a tweet from Travis Sochik, um, which had me concerned. Uh, so I will say that the future of Major League Baseball hangs in the balance of how this negotiation works out because fans are losing faith. And like you and me, we're locked in. We're lifers. We love this stuff. It doesn't matter to you and me. If we get baseball, we're going to be excited. We're going to be there. And as much as we bitch and we moan and we say that I'm not going to watch baseball, that this sport has lost my trust, do 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 I'm not talking about you and me. I'm talking about the casual fan. I'm talking about the fact that after the 1994 lockout, the attendance the next year was down 20% and didn't get back up to where it was until 2006. I'm talking about the fact that since then, from 2007 to 2019, we're going to say pre-COVID because obviously attendance has been a little shaky, none in 2020 and you know limited in 2021. Uh, it's been down 11% total. So to me, it's like getting people to the ballpark after this, getting people excited about baseball, when you're potentially having, you know, you're going to, it looks like right now, have a delayed start to the season, the future hangs in the balance, Spencer. That was a nice little monologue you had there. That was impressive. You take there a video go. of that, send I came it up with to that on uh, Martin Scorsese getting his next film. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll work you're it. I'll, at, you know, or I need to like could, do different. Or you can take my, Rob Manfred's Don't ask me to do, do some press conferences. I, I mean, come on. I, listen. I would absolutely do that. Uh, you know, like, do you remember those Key and Peele videos where it was like, uh, like Obama's like anger translator and he was like being yeah. calm? Can like, I just be like Rob Manfred's like bullshit translator. So when he says something wrong, I'm just going to be like, he's fucking <laughs> lying. Like he actually means this. Like he actually means like he's yeah. full of shit. I like uh, that. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I feel like Rob's approval would go up because they'd be like, yeah, like, at least he's got this guy there, like telling him how it yeah, fucking is. Would and I'd be, be like, You're like, welcome. Appreciating that he hired you. Like they would view him favorably for yeah. hiring you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I listen. I'm. I, people love making fun of me. I'll take oh, it. I'll take 100%. the brunt. I'll take the blow. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's fine. I. I will take it if it gets baseball back. Also, we can just take the anger of these people. Well, listen, yeah. absolutely. I mean, my minimum will be higher than the league minimum. <laughs> if you're just going to... Listen, I know how much Rob Manfred makes, okay? He's got the money. He can pay me himself oh, out of sure pocket. Does. Just a... Listen, cool mill. Just my way. Done. Cool. That's my that's my bar to like just take as much shit as humanly possible. If that means people are hurling expletives at me, they're just telling me like I'm I'll just, Rob, I'll take it for you, man. If you need that so that you can go and get a deal done and not like sit in your office and cry, I'm in. Good plan. I like it. Um there I think go. your your um, take is, is a little bit strong. I, I'm not thinking that uh, the future of the game is is in the balance today or this week or any of that. I really don't know how many actual casual baseball fans there are. I feel like compared to most other sports, the baseball fans are more like, I don't know, more hardcore than the average NFL fan, NBA fan, stuff like that. So fans are going to come back. And yeah, because it's, it's like, this, cool. This, like baseball is like... Exactly. If you like baseball, you like baseball. You're not liking baseball to be cool or to, to be following you know, what's popular because that's never baseball. So uh, yeah, I'm not super worried about that. I'm just worried about, um, you know, watching some baseball games. It's it, it was like 40 degrees this morning in Washington, D.C. with a cold rain, and it's supposed to snow on Saturday. So these are those days, Sam, that, that we should have spring training games to look at and hope for and – just see some nice sunny green baseball fields. And yep. we don't have that. So fuck them. I mean, listen, my absolute favorite day of the year now, but especially when we were in college was, was opening day for baseball. Because typically uh, when we were in college, that was like one of the first days where like the weather was really warm. And I remember there'd be years, there was one year where we had three TVs stacked we had three different games going. The windows are open because it's fucking 70 degrees. The birds are chirping. And you're just like, we're fucking back, baby. And, like, baseball. And, and you know Super Saturday is on the way at that point. <laughs> absolutely. So that means, like, baseball. And then I can get drunk publicly and it's acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know what? That's the only nice thing about uh, living in the South now, Spencer, is that um, – most uh, college football games are open containers. Nice. So you just show up on campus and you just wander around. Um, yeah, love that. That's my, my one recommendation for the South. The only bad thing is that I have to drive four hours to see a Major League Baseball game. That's so that's look. sad. Tough look. Yeah. So yeah, it, lots, of, lots of Atlanta Braves games. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, football, soccer's big down here now. Yeah, no, they have the second biggest soccer, fucking crowd ever. You're not coming no. for soccer? Oh, all right. I'm taking I'm taking John DeGrasse for soccer, yeah. so it's fine. He he already told me he wants to come down. So he's not going to the out river hounds? Without you. Come on. No, not going to the River Hounds. Yeah, we love the River Hounds. There's some uh, what is that? USL? That's like isn't that like double A soccer in the MLS, version. which is already pretty bad. Listen, I yeah, that's a good point. We'll we'll get back yeah. to baseball. Um, so listen, uh, we could go on and on about you know, the fate of baseball and I was being really dramatic, but I do still believe it. But uh, we're going to, we're going to dig a little deeper into the big thing that was happening today. And so Spencer, I'll, I'll catch you up a little bit since I know you were, you know, a little Appreciate out of the that. loop um, and, you know, you showed up late to record this podcast, but that's, you know, stayed on the record. That's fine. Um, had to make his protein shake. Me, so podcast um, starts when I'm on. I, I mean, listen, I can talk all by myself. You so <laughs> don't, don't fucking don't tempt me. Uh, it's not as fun but I'll do it uh, back to, but yeah, um, there's the whole, so apparently this has been an issue for the entirety of lockout negotiations before there was even a lockout. This was discussed, um, but what to do with international free agency. Um, the owners want to do an international draft and what they offered in exchange was to um, get rid of the draft pick compensation that was attached to qualifying offers. And so the idea that's beneficial to players is that, you know, more teams are going to sign guys knowing that they won't have to lose a draft pick to sign these guys. So, you know, really great beneficial 
Um, while this was going on, um, David Ortiz um, reached out to players in a group text, um, according to Jeff Passan, and you know basically said that he was against it. That for a country like the Dominican Republic, where you know he called baseball a secret weapon of the Dominican Republic economy, um, that it was harmful to that. Um, in terms of the specifics of that, I'm not a great person to talk about the you know effects of international free agency. Um, what I do know and what's what's openly discussed is you know the current challenges and the corruption that comes with um, international scouting now. You know you have major league scouts that are in you know all sorts of countries scouting 13 and 14 year olds. You know really signing them when they don't one know how talented they're going to be. Um, you're having lots of kids that end up dropping out of school, traveling away from their families. Um, it just, it's not a great system. It's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's known as a bad system, but, um, the player's concern is obviously having this draft and deciding, you know, in the 11th hour that there's going to be this international draft. What the players want is for that draft to be implemented in 2024 so that they can work on it. They can work out the kinks. There can be negotiations, um, which to me makes a lot of sense. You know, obviously again, like, like I've just said, we don't know all the details that come with doing an international draft, but it's a hell of a lot more complex than bringing guys from college, bringing guys from the United States. It's just, you know, there's just so many different things. And, you know, for people that are like, oh, well, you know, every other draft has international players. It's like, yes, but, you know, it's just obviously the way baseball does things is different than every other sport. Sure. So. Yeah, there's definitely way more international talent leagues, all that kind of stuff for baseball than there are for basketball or football, which are predominantly American sports. Yeah, you really don't have much of an international. You don't have that kind of international presence. And I would say like international talent is not near the level of what it is in baseball. So it's not really comparable that way. Um, You know, I think, an international draft is definitely something that's necessary to be implemented for baseball. Like you said, it's ripe with corruption and you have um, just, I mean, you had the Braves getting in trouble with it a couple years ago when they were paying guys, you know, illegally when there's supposed to be a cap on how much you can pay players. And even beyond that, there's uh, these agents, we'll call them uh, that, recruit these players to come to their facilities and they'll pay, you know, to train them and pay to feed them and pay to house them as long as they become a really good baseball player and then sign, you know, with a major league team. And then basically half or more than half of their signing bonus goes to this agent and they don't have any money by the time they get to the States or, you know, then they don't become good at baseball and they're just in debt. Like we don't talk about those players that don't ever get signed. So that's kind of a fucked up system. And the draft would be an attempt to kind of regulate that, which is, is probably necessary. Mm-hmm. But like you said, pushing it back a couple of years and allowing people to go back and forth uh, on ideas and setting this up is, is probably the best strategy. Cause I mean, you're, you're not going to set up, this draft in a perfect way in one day when you just started to negotiate it, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's, it feels like MLB is trying to get something over on the players by doing this at the last minute. That's exactly what yeah. it feels like, which, Oh, what a concept that would be. The owner's trying to get something over on the players. That's never happened before. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, the players association probably you know, that's not their priority to make sure that this is all um, correct because, you know, these players aren't in the Players Association. These aren't their guys. But I think there is some obligation for them to uh, to get it right because, you know, they, like you said, with Ortiz and stuff, veteran players, they all have connections with these guys. So um, they do, you know, have an obligation to look out for them. Yeah. And you know what? I, I I think where Ortiz's point really rings true, where, you know, if you do this wrong and you create a system where, you know, these really talented players aren't getting paid what they do or what they're due, or you're creating, you know, unnecessary barriers of barriers of entry into the league, or, you know, I mean, 
hell, you know, for baseball, there already are a lot of barriers to entry, you know, even in the United States in terms of the cost of playing sure. baseball. I mean, in the United States, hell, you know, it, a lot of guys, if you can't play travel ball, you're not going to, you know, get exactly. noticed. Um, and so Portis, you know, talking about this is really the, the ticket for most people to get out of that country, to get out of a country that has a lot of poverty. Um, I understand wanting to do it right and not wanting to rush into it. Um, you know, I mean, that makes sense in fucking yeah. anything that you want to do it right. So I, and it just, it does, it's really concerning and it, it does seem really the fact that the owners are trying to push it. And even like the fact that they're trying to push it to get it done as we're recording this podcast at 10 30, you know, it's, you know, they're push they're doing it as a, Oh, we want to get this done so we can work on the other stuff for the lockout. But at the same time, this is something that, how the players propose we'll work on it during the year and if it doesn't happen then we'll go back and that can be something that we you know negotiate you know it doesn't have to be directly tied into the cba at this moment um there's also the fact that they um yeah they're often pumping steroids into like 12 year old kids in this in this situation so another i don't mm -hmm. know exactly how a draft prevents that but if they could get that reined in that'd probably be good can't imagine that's good for a yeah, twelve-year-old. The thing, this, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, God, that, I mean, and that's just, I mean, that shit's fucked up. Absolutely, man. it's like, like human trafficking. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, um, and listen, I, I mean, I think the thing is, is that this, you know, I think the benefit of having this as a discussion is obviously it, it finally shows light on this because I feel like it's something that doesn't get a lot of discussion. Because obviously, for a lot of fans in the United States, it's not something we see, it's nothing we talk about. You know, we hear about these guys on MLB.com, but obviously, like the league's pipeline site isn't going to talk about how these players got signed or any of the you know, discrepancies with that yeah. stuff. Um, that's just not stuff that is easily covered. Um, the way I, 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 you know, it's interesting because a sport that obviously brings in a lot of international talent, more international talent, in fact, than United States players is, is hockey. And, but the way hockey structured, especially in Canada and in Russia, um, is that they have structured youth leagues. And so that's how they evaluate talent. That's how they're able to put these guys into the draft. Um, and so for baseball, you know, I know that there's obviously these international complexes, mm -hmm. but it's not really like a structure because you're with a team yeah. already. So it's for Major League Baseball, and it could be beneficial for the fucking game overall, is building, you know, leagues and structure where, you know, guys can, kids can come in and play and get noticed, but do it in a way that's, you know, safe and not illegal and not corrupt and ethical. Yeah, uh, it'd be great you know, there's ways could, to do it, but obviously uh, things not illegal and unethical. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, at, at the bare minimum. That's what we <laughs> That's, should be shooting yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as we know, we can be jaded. Uh, money seems to be kind of a, the bigger of course influence it is. there. Yeah. Always is. But listen, that's that's going to keep going on, and we'll obviously talk about it more um, as we hopefully get a conclusion yeah. to we get the details. Uh, these discussions and issues. Um, but in the meantime, we do have actual things that have actually happened that – we should expect to see when a season starts. Um, and those are some rules that have basically been tentatively agreed on, however you want to say it. You know, they aren't officially official, but it's in place for Rob Manfred to implement these things once the season starts, which is a ban on the shift. Um, analytics nerds everywhere, dead on the inside. Uh, a pitch clock and enlarged bases yeah. um, so spencer i'm gonna i'm gonna toss to you uh what do you want to talk about first what are we what are we breaking down here what are your um, thoughts i mean do we really have to talk about the bases like they're gonna be bigger cool no listen they're, they're larger <laughs> yeah we, that's something i feel like that's a better discussion like i told you before this like two years from now three years from now if there's See, any data change. to say that it made yeah. any difference yeah um, but like right now, you know, you're going to sit there and like, in theory, like there's going to be more stolen bases and guys are going to get it on yeah. base for. That's the whole idea. I'm okay with it because to me, it doesn't really make that much of a fucking difference. And if that's what we need to do to uh, fucking great, yeah. I'm all for it. Um, pitch clock all for it. Speeds up the game. Absolutely. There's too many pitchers that take, they need it fucking forever on the mound. Like true Pomeranz. I hate you. <laughs> we always hate true Pomeranz. Um, 
And yeah, I think like the only valid point I've heard against it is that it could cause more injuries for pitchers because they don't have enough time to like recover after each pitch, which I don't know. That sounds kind of bullshit to me. Uh, I feel like recovering I mean, yeah, after like, the after the game is is more important than recovering during the game. But I I don't know. I'm not like a uh, um, what do you call it a physical therapy major whatever sport sports yeah you, uh, sports you're therapy, an accounting major yeah whatever I'm not that you ain't no, a doctor not a doctor yeah so yeah all for the pitch clock and then the shift is the most interesting one I think and. If you asked me a week ago, I would have said that's fucking stupid uh, to ban the shift and players should adapt and you can't legislate things like this that happened organically in the game and, and it, it should organically fix itself. That's the opinion I would have had a week ago, but I think it's kind of proven over the last 10 years or so that it, it's not changing organically, that it is taking away outs and action and uh balls in play and so it's uh well it's not taking away balls in play but it's not it's taking away uh base runners from those balls in play so it certainly has killed some careers <laughs> chris davis um and it's uh, threatening <laughs> to kill other careers at uh, joey gallo so um big day for joey gallo you sent me or i don't know if you sent it to me but you told me about dan zimborski's twitter thread last week about the shift yeah and i had already kind of thought about it a little bit but he kind of fleshed it out better saying that we've as an analytics community kind of solved this problem the shift like we've solved balls in play with the shift and it would basically unsolve that problem and give us new problems to solve and and that's never a bad thing for us as watchers of the game and analyzers of the game yep. to have an, a new problem to solve. And kind of just intuitively thinking about it last week, I, I think it's not that crazy to say you have to have two players on this side of the bag and two players on that side of the bag. I don't, I feel like that is kind of true to baseball, true to how baseball was designed and how it was meant to be played. And I think, you know, that's a, a rule that no one ever thought of before, but a rule that kind of makes sense. And I think, uh, I think it was Sawchick who, he commented on Zimborski's thread and said, oh, well, the Rays are going to have someone like running before the pitch towards where they think the ball's going to go now. Yeah. But that's way cooler than what the shift is now. That would be Absolutely. very fun to watch. And I think that would make it way more interesting, like, to see a guy on the move at the pitch and and um, trying to see him react to a ball and play, I think that's way more interesting than what we have now. So, um, yeah, if it's going to make it more interesting to watch baseball, then I'm for it. Yeah. Listen, I already I already gave a hockey comp, so I'll give a, a basketball Better. comp. And I think something that <laughs> the NBA does exceptionally well and that the MLB has lagged behind because, you know, you have all these, you know, you know, you either have the, you know, stats people that are like, you know, we need to do everything, you know, analytically by the numbers, whatever. But you also have the, you know, old time boomer kind of people that are like, you know, we keep things the way that they are. I think the thing that the NBA does is to, that's exceptional is that they aren't afraid to change rules in a way that, you know, drastically changes the way that you approach. I mean, the NBA changed the way that fouls were called this year so that, you know, guys like James Harden had to completely change the way that they were able to, you know, draw fouls and get to the line. Guys like Trey Young and, you know, players were pissed at the start of the year, but they figured it out and they they changed their approach and they're, and they're different. And, you know, everything's kind of regulated. James Harden still gets to the line fucking 30 times yeah. a game. Um, and so, like you said, like, I think that's great, you know, that's the point of rule changes is that obviously when you first create something, it's not a perfect system. Like we didn't just spit out baseball and go, Oh my God, like we did it. We, we solved it. We created the best yeah. game ever. Like you need to change it and adjust it. And again, like if the shift creates more offense, but it also creates more interesting defense, that is a double win for major league baseball because it's just two, it's more ways that you're getting people engaged. We were, you know, it was at the point where it became the, the three true yeah. outcomes and, as much as that's, you know, 
baseball at its core, it's not baseball that's going to keep people interested for 162 games. And it's also not how baseball was designed. Baseball was designed to have balls in play. It was designed where the batter Mm -hmm. would tell you where he wanted the pitch so that he could hit it. Um, You know, so uh, the goal of any league office is to make the game more watchable, is to bring more people to it and make it more fun to watch. So you think of the NBA creating the three-point line. That's been wildly successful for them to initiate action for the league. I mean, three-pointers are kind of all the game is now, but... You, 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 it you is, could yeah. argue it's gone too far in that direction, but that's a conversation for an NBA podcast. Uh, and then you think of the NFL with cracking down on defensive pass interference and hits on defenseless receivers and how that's created the boom of the passing game in the NFL that's made that so much more fun to watch. Um, so, you know, MLB should take notes and, and uh, make rule changes to increase the, you know, watchability of baseball. Yeah, and you know what, man? Like, it's just, it's interesting because as much as I don't, like, baseball's, I mean, especially lately, besides the lockout, it's never really, like, you know, a mainstream sport. You know, you're not getting a lot of discussions about baseball in in the national media. But to me, it's like doing more things to create different kinds of baseball discussion is great. And like you talked about, you know, that's what's made the baseball community great and exciting is that, you know, there's all, I, I feel like baseball more than anything is a very intellectual sport because of 100%. the fact that there are so many things that can be measured because there's a stop and a start. Um, and so like, that's just, yeah, man, fuck. I mean, it's just because we, you know, we did the shift, we did the opener. I, you know, we're doing all these, we have the, you know, the fucking four man outfield, all this different shit. And so now you're opening the door to whatever the fuck else is. Yeah. Be. And so, I feel like, if you say like you got to have two guys on the left side of second base and two guys on the right side of second base, and they all have to be in the infield dirt. I think that makes it interesting to where you place your outfielders, you know? And like, you, you can obviously mm-hmm. still kind of shift a little bit, you know, either way. And um, I don't know, like make teams adapt, make them think of new solutions to, to problems and, and make them get creative. I think that's always a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, you want to talk about like the biggest problem in baseball is, you know, competitive balance. You're cha- you're creating more opportunities for small market teams, teams that are never going to spend that money to find creative ways to Definitely. win. I mean, fuck, man. I mean, that's that's how the Rays did it. That's how, you know, the Pirates back when they fucking figured out, you know, you can measure, you know, framing from a catcher. And that's, you know, the only reason the Pirates were relevant in the last yeah. 50 years. So it's just it's good for baseball to find more ways for those teams to get in. I mean, those teams should spend money, but that's never yeah. going to happen. Um, but it allows... So we have to find other ways. It allows to, someone to find a new market inefficiency. So... Exactly. Create value in things that right. don't have value. And that's and that's one of the fun things about baseball. Exactly. So, um, but speaking of baseball, if we, we want keep going here... Isn't that what we've been thought? doing? <laughs> I mean, but like actual, oh, baseball, actual baseball, it's like happening. Like minor... Hell yeah! Like Alex Cora's out with uh, Marcelo Mayer and, and uh, or Marcelo Mayer. A very, sorry, a very nice beard. We should we should note that Alex Cora has a um, silver fox. Yeah, Alex he Cora. looks very distinguished, and it also looks like yeah. the lockout has taken a toll on him. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's aged listen, thirty years. I mean, during this lockout, you got to think about Alex Cora. He went from you know winning the World Series to being suspended for a year to getting hired to almost making the world series again to then being locked out i feel like it's been just a wild ride for uh yeah, alex cora shit for alex cora i mean he made the playoffs that was fun <laughs> but you know yeah it's yeah, like but, you like, said besides yeah, it's that been it's ride. been shit yeah. roller coaster um but listen the one thing that alex cora did point out um is that he's had a lot more time since there are no major leaguers uh, to take a look at the minor leaguers, and that's a lot of fun because Hein Bloom has done a fucking incredible job of building depth in the Red Sox system, and that was something that obviously Dave Dombrowski did not Never do. Did. Which again, that's not what Never Dave Dombrowski did. does. He bleeds the system and wins yeah. a World Series. Like that's it, and then rip. he leaves. Look at the you know rip, rip the, the Tigers. <laughs> rip the Philly. Oh boy, they didn't even have a farm system yeah. to begin with. But Tough. listen. Uh, <laughs> But listen, there there are a lot of exciting guys 
Um, but for, I want to I want to open it up to you first. Uh, who are you? Who are you most excited? Um, for? Well, I was watching some swings in the cage that were posted by some reporters that are down there. That uh, that's all they have to do these these days is take videos of minor leaguers. Um, and Tristan Cass is is a gigantic human. I you know I've seen highlights of him before, but there was a picture of him next to Alex Cora, and goddamn, like I know Alex Cora is kind of <laughs> small, but this this kid is is gigantic. Um, so he's going to hit yeah. dangers. That's going to be fun. Uh, Blaze Jordan, he was on Section 10 in their last episode, RIP, uh, Section 10 podcast. He it went out with a blaze of glory. <sighs> anyway. <Yes. laughs> that, that guy uh, clearly uh, just loves baseball. Um, the... Um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about him, but he clearly loves baseball and uh, loves loves baseball, <laughs> um, which is good because he plays. He likes baseball. He plays baseball. It was an interesting interview. Check it. Really, out. that's what he does. That's why he was swinging in the cage because he's a baseball yeah, guy. I, I'm just not going to comment on his intelligence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he uses the word "like" a lot. Uh, basically, every other sentence. It's it's uh, it's. A tough listen, but anyway, <laughs> he's, he's, he's on the pros. He's eighteen years been old. Training. That's basically how we all talk when we're nineteen years old. So I'll give him a break. Anyway, yeah, uh, I just looked through Sox prospects earlier, and one name who I hadn't really heard of before was uh, Chris Murphy. So Chris Murphy pitched in High A and Double A last year, and he was not great at High A. Had a good strikeout to walk ratio though, and then he went to Double A and made six starts there. Only six starts, thirty-three innings. He posted a three-five-two FIP, five-point-four-five ERA. Doesn't look very pretty on the surface, but he had three-five-two FIP and a three-five-six X FIP. We, we love FIP. Uh, there's no FIP minus because it's from minor leagues, and we'll get to FIP minus once we get closer to the season actually starting and baseball being played. But um, yeah, he's projected on Sauce. Sox prospects to be a back end uh, guy with a fastball changeup, curveball, slider, pretty typical mix. Uh, only throws around 90 94. But um, yeah, I mean, six starts that give me some some hope that this guy can be pretty solid. And I hadn't heard of him before. He's ranked, for, ranked 14th. So other guys, you know, I have heard of before Josh Winkowski. We, we got in the, uh, the Benny trade. Yeah. And, um, Brian Mata, everybody knows Brian Mata, or they should. He had Tommy John last year, so he didn't pitch. Who knows what happens there? Like, the pitching is kind of what I'm looking for, you know, because uh, yeah. we have a lot of stud hitters, like Cassis, Meyer, Nick York yeah. is a stud. I love him. And then um, Brian, I don't know if it's Bello or Bayo. You never know with the double L, but uh, he's been rising up the ranks. He's up to number six, 22 years old. And then Jay Groom, who we drafted – Seems like forever ago, back in 2016, he's still in the yeah. top 10, and he had a, a decent year last year. So keep an eye on those guys, and maybe Noah Song comes back. All right, from uh, Navy. that'd be cool if they let him go. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, isn't Noah Song in the Navy? Yeah. <laughs> like that's. And maybe he needs uh, to be on red alert that's... these days. Who knows? Yeah, listen. Oh God. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I'm glad. First off, I'm really glad you gave me this rundown of pitchers because I'm going to be honest with you. I have a list of guys that I'm excited no, about, just, and I did not write down a single pitcher. None. Not we complement each other. Uh, well, obviously, yeah. Um, but listen, you know, you covered the main ones because there's not a lot to say. I'm excited to see um, Marcelo Meyer or Marcelo Meyer. Sorry, I keep saying it wrong. Um, but I'm excited to see him in a full Definitely. season and an off season where you know he really got to just workout and he was talking about it the other day where he's just like i'm excited to get going you know he spent a lot of time you know building up Dude, strength his swing is so me sweet. like like i see him it's I so see him as the next Corey seager is kind of how his swing the fact yeah and like listen i think what the pirates did at one was really smart for them because they needed depth over like a v guy um especially a high schooler but the fact that mayor then went and dropped the number four to the Boston Red Sox at four. That's I, I mean, listen, and for a, a Red Sox team that's you know doesn't typically get high draft picks, I mean, this is 
this, I mean, he's going to be like the most anticipated, one of the most anticipated guys. To me, him coming up to the pros eventually, you know, in 2024, whenever it is, it's, I'm, I'm hoping it has the energy of when Devers was coming up. Yeah, there was a I lot of energy that. with and that. Bogarts. That was a lot of yeah. fun. Yep. Hopefully they're mm-hmm. joining a uh, yeah. championship team like, like Bogarts and Devers did. Yeah. Never forget, by the way, uh, when I almost had to pick up uh, Raphael Devers from Portland for yes, the you're, AA All-Star you're game. Or you're that was it. We were close. We, we, and then they were then they were like, listen, this guy doesn't speak any English, and you don't speak any Spanish. Why are we sending you to pick him up? And I was like, that's a great question. You're like, oh, uh, but do so, it anyway. I was like, listen, I was ready to drive up in my dad's fucking shitty silver sob and just be like, oh, wow. <laughs> Get in. The end. You get the ox, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been, and God, I think it's like a four-hour drive to Portland. Nice. So it would have just been four hours in the car, just like dead silent. But that would have been great. You know, I'd have been like, just just oh, pick I mean, up some listen. ice cream on the way. I'll be fine. <laughs> that would have been. Oh God. But yeah. Um, listen. Lots of guys that are anticipated to be excited for. Um, we should probably expect Tristan Cassis to come Definitely. up this year, yeah. I would assume. Um, you know, we'll get to see more of Jaron Duran this year. You know, flashes of good, not sure bad. if I'm excited I'm for him or not. Jerry's but, uh, you know. Yeah. We'll see. And, like, listen, if he ends up being a good depth piece, like you said, hitters aren't really the big concern at this moment for the right. Red Sox. Um, but, like, oh, my God. I mean, first off. You know, Nick York looks like a fucking... So I just remember good. when he got drafted and everyone's like, what are they doing drafting Nick York, this guy? And he's yeah. so good. He's unbelievable. Already a top... Like, anyone... Prospect, I think, now? Top top 40? Yeah. Top 30? Something like that. Yeah. Um, And then the two... Or there's three guys that... I won't call them under the radar, but they aren't, like, the top-tier prospects... Um, and I'll save my favorite one for last that I've already told you about and that I'm going to continue to talk about <laughs> until he either busts out or eventually makes the pros. Um, but the first one I'll talk about is um, a new guy who's been making his rounds, you know, Section 10 and uh, lots of other things. But Alex Benellis, who they got from uh, Milwaukee in the Jackie Bradley Jr. trade. Um, back when I was doing draft research for MLB Network last year, he was a guy that he was at the Combine. Um, and he just, like... He was great at Louisville, and it was like he had a really tough start to the season at Louisville, and that really hurt his draft stock. He was a guy that was viewed as a first-round pick, and he really made up for it at the end of the year, but the damage was already done, so he ended up being a third-round pick to Milwaukee. Milwaukee trades him to us after he hit nine homers and hit 306 in the Milwaukee minor league system between two teams, and like to me, I'm like, well, fuck. Like, obviously, between the back half of his Louisville season and minor leagues, he figured something the fuck out. Um, so I'm excited to see him in the Red Sox system, see how he's going to be. Um, I think his issue is probably going to be more defensive, but fuck, if we can get a bat, I love it. Let's go see where it goes. And you know, that's something that can develop with time. You know, he just started playing professionally. Yeah, so it's not like it's a guy that's deep in the system. So um, another guy that I like just because of this little fun fact, but um, Tyler McDonough, um, a third-round pick, um, went to the same high school as Ken Griffey Jr. Interesting. And Barry Larkin. Wow. So I just want that because, listen, every time he's going to come up to the plate, that's all they're going to talk about on the broadcast. And there's going to be, like, pictures of, like, him playing in high school and, like, flashbacks of, like, Ken Griffey and Barry Larkin. It just would be – it would be fun. So I'm excited just to see if he's going to be any good and if I can have some hype around that. Um, but the guy I am hype about uh, – He's a little guy, not a little guy, big guy, uh, first baseman, DH type, from uh, the University of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, an 11th round pick, Nico Cavadas, and the dude can fucking mash. Notre Dame team record for home runs. Pretty good. Dude mashed 22 in 47 games. Uh, for those keeping track at home, that's a uh, 162 game pace of 77 home runs. Obviously, listen, I know it's unrealistic, <laughs> um, but I just like saying that anyway. Fucking nuts. The dude the dude went off in a short amount of time in fucking Notre Dame. Um, ended up being an 11th round pick because he's a fourth year guy. He's already 23 years old. So you got to think he probably won't see the pros until he's probably 
25 or 26. Um, but that's fine. Like, listen, you know, that means you take them and you have them for all the years that you have control of them. That's great. Hopefully there's a little pre-arb pool so he can get a little money if he can show up and mash some home runs. Um, but I, I was telling you, I love this pick in the 11th round because a lot of teams just do throwaways. And for the Red Sox, you know, they had to pay a lot more than you would typically pay for an 11th round pick, but you're still only paying $250,000. And let's be fucking realistic. That's... The Red Sox have $250,000 to just fucking throw yeah. around. I mean, come on, we're still paying fucking David Price. Good yeah. Lord. Only one you know? Year. So, um, yeah, thank God. And we can get more Nico Cavadas exactly. with that money. So. And he, um, yeah, summation on, on Sox prospects. Intriguing hitter with a power over hit profile right now. Value solely tied up in much that. power. We'll have to hit at all levels to overcome defense and speed deficiencies. That's okay. I mean, that kind of seems yes. like our MO right now with uh, Cassis and Blaze Jordan and... Um, Yes. yes, so that kind of seems like time's guy. Yeah, a lot of g- guys yeah. that are just going to hit home yeah, runs. Just stingers. Yeah. So, listen, I mean, we can't say it won't be exciting baseball. Exactly. Once it gets played. Hey, I so, mean, we might have to go to Salem soon without any uh, baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going down to watch uh, the undefeated Clemson Tigers in nice. two weeks play some baseball against the University of Miami. Uh, we've been getting really into some college baseball or trying to. Um, we, I was literally watching Cal. Yeah, absolutely. Just me. I was watching Cal Cal State Irvine, the Ant Eaters, play Arizona State last night. Wow, you've, um, it was you've gotten awesome. truly desperate. That, listen, I just need to feel again. Like, I just need to feel what it's like. Uh, but, yeah, dude, minor league baseball, yeah, it'll cut. I mean, that that's at least the one perk of being in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I am now. Is uh, fuck. There's so much minor league baseball; it's absurd. Yeah, so, you can go to those all games. Gonna, that's while all you're coming out of watching. No matter every, what, basically, basically every game around you, right? And listen, every minor league team has beer deals. There you go. So you just go, and you're you're pounding two dollar Coors Light, and you're just living your best fucking life. Like that's, that's it. Thing. I mean, I need somebody to go with me and, you know, drive me home afterwards, but it's fine. I'll get Will to come You'll up. work on that. Yeah, we'll work on that. We we make friends. It's fine. Um, but listen, a guy who needs a friend, and I'm not his friend because I don't, I'm fucking worried about him. It's fucking Jeter Downs, Spencer. What the fuck's happened to Jeter Downs, bro? Um, hopefully he gets better because he's been bad and. Listen, he can't get worse, right? He hit 190. Yeah, and then he got promoted. So I wish I got promoted for being that bad at my job. But, uh, wow. he, um, <laughs> Yeah. That's a quote. That's, yep. that's it. it was a tough look last year for Jeter Downs. I kept, like, checking kind of monthly to see what his stats were, see if he was picking it up, and he really never was. So um, tough look for the Mookie Betts trade if, if that never works. He's kind of looking like a bust right now. And I will say – the most important thing about his profile is that he busted for me in out of the park. So that doesn't say very good things for him. Listen, uh, have you ever won a world series with the Red Sox in out of the park? I sure haven't. I don't play as the Red Sox very often. That's the thing is I've, I've, okay. That makes me feel better. Current franchise I have is, it's the really first time I've had a long-term Red Sox franchise. I usually play, like, one season with them uh, to see if I can win it with them, like, with the actual team, you know? Yeah. And then OTP says no. Then something goes wrong. Yep, someone gets hurt, like, helping an old lady cross the street and they get hit by a car or something. Yeah, instead I win with teams like the Royals and the Mariners, which will never happen in real life. Listen, I mean, all right, this is is my last thought, and then uh, we'll let these beautiful people stop (laughs) listening to us anymore. Um, You ever think about the fact that if you're a Mariners fan, you were like, you're probably like kind of hyped for this season based on like how last season ended. And it seems like the Mariners are finally like in a win now mode. And like now you're in this like baseball limbo of like, will there be baseball? Yeah. And I'm like, what if this would like, what if this were like the year that like knock on wood, uh, there were no baseball and like Mariners fans everywhere just give up. Like if I were a Mariners fan, I'd just be like, that's it. I'm done. Like I've moved on from baseball. Like you can't hurt me anymore. Yeah, that'd be a tough look for them. For sure. 
So or like the just Tigers or um, you know any team like that. The Marlins. Well, I guess the Marlins yeah. are fucking. But hey, so. <laughs> hey, but listen, uh, Seattle. At least you have Russell Wilson. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, shit. shit. Well, they still have Bobby Wagner. <laughs> oh no, they don't. Oh shit! <laughs> no. Oh, they have the Supersonics. Oh, no. They yeah. might come back, though. The Supersonics might come back. Expansion? NBA? I heard Seattle and Vegas? I don't know. They're, they're, hey, and they're, they're pretty good. fucking good. Brianna Stewart? Yeah. Come on. Let's go. Let's get hyped for the WNBA. Yeah. Let's go. Um, all right. On that note, uh, Spencer, any anything else you'd like to share with the crowd before uh, we go? I have nothing sign else off? to share. That's... Um... Did you finish your? Did you pr- finish your uh, protein shake? Yep, we got all the protein. We're making there games. Ready for softball listen, season, bro. I mean, I expect. We're, we're if, I mean, listen. If season. you're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more important, if we're really taking over for section ten, then I mean, I'm not gonna be the one with the muscles in the group. It's got to be you. So you gotta, you gotta go office. dedicate yourself yeah. to Arms Day. Oh, well, I guess I gotta yeah. wash my hair too then. <laughs> Yep, your hair. Um, I don't know how you can help with that. Plugs, Joe, go Joe Buck style. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Oh, you need you need a jacket too. That's oh, yeah. the other thing. And then mention it on every fucking podcast. Hey, I got a new jacket. That's it. That's yeah. it. You know. Um, and listen, I'll just I'll just be the Reese's guy. Yeah, you All are. Right? That's you're it. definitely I'll the to that. of this podcast. Absolutely, and I love that. I'll embrace yeah. that role. Absolutely. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, on that note, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, embrace my inner Steve, and I don't know. I got some Reese's peanut butter cups back there. So, um, so all right. Uh, hopefully, by the next time we podcast, they'll finally let Ken Rosenthal out of the tiny room he's been sitting in, waiting for the owners to uh, tell him something good happened. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Let's get that going. until then uh, we will see you all next week